0: Episode 89 of the Busting Balls Podcast. They're John and Chris. I'm Jeffrey. You can hit us up on Twitter at Busting Balls Pod. Email us at BustingBallspod at gmail.com. You're listening to us through our native SoundCloud feed, SoundCloud.com slash Busting-Balls, or the PWOM Podcast Network, SoundCloud.com slash Pro Wrestling Only. And you can find us on Spotify. Search Busting Balls Podcast. Today's topic, the 2024 Premier League midterm grades. John, Chris, and Jeffrey pass judgment on all 20 Premier League teams for their season so far. John, Chris, what's happening, brothers?
1: Well, have you noticed the FA Cup, Jeff? Have you noticed the FA Cup results
0: today? Um, What's an FA Cup? Yeah. I, I, I don't know of such things. Well, Please explain an FA Cup oh, to me, John. I it's where... Did, uh,
2: It is where apparently Arsenal has this big brain 200 IQ strategy of making Liverpool play more games so that way they bottle the regular Premier League season side of the spectrum. That's what it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, Arteta, he's such a long-term strategist, is he not? (laughs) Masterful
2: (laughs) gambit, sir. Masterful (laughs) gambit. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and apparently there are 14 of them in the Arsenal Trophy cabinet, so, you know, what yes. you
0: know? <laughs> yes, I do believe we saw uh 12 of those, as I recall. Indeed, we did. Or was did. it 13? T- yeah, 13. I
1: think you only yeah, it had been th-
0: 13 because Arteta's only won one, and Emirates yeah, did not win 15. any, so.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and, <laughs> when, and when, you're not when, getting when, another when one. When, when, we the, uh, when we went to the Emirates. Yeah, certainly it will not be 15 this year, but. You know, yeah. I, I, I I just kind of feel bad for for Jacob Kivior. That's all. I, I just kind of feel. Uh,
1: bad you, there's nothing you can do against a ball that quality. You you're just trusting to luck whenever it comes in like that. Yeah, it are Yeah, yeah. yeah hey, to do? Arsenal just looked so looked so blunt up front. That was the thing. Yeah, I know they hit the bar once. But there was only one too many touches. There was no confidence in the finishing today.
0: Well, that's been Thank the case. Well, that's well. been the case in that the league in the last two weeks too. I mean, yeah, we yeah, yeah we've lost three in a row. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Which means that's going to affect my midterm grade when we get to the main topic.
1: Indeed, same but, here. Same um, here.
0: yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I I am a little worried right now. I have to say, I am a little worried.
1: Yeah, I think you've got a few few uh, days break in now, though. So time to reset, recharge.
0: Yeah, we, we think, definitely need to. Yeah, the, so, yeah, I think we're, we're a little exhausted, if I may say so.
1: And I think Gabriel Hayes was a massive miss again today. You know that that finisher today.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure exactly why he was missing, but
1: uh, he failed a fitness test last minute.
0: Oh damn! Well, that'll be why. Oh man, I just saw a result. Nothing oh, yeah. to do with the FA Cup. This is in Syria. Ah, Uh Torino three, Napoli nil. Napoli Ooh. with a red. Woo. Well,
1: you don't think many teams do that to Napoli. No, yeah.
0: no. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. Um. So anyway, yeah. Let's look at some of the some of the FA Cup results. Oh wow, Man City beat Huddersfield. Who saw that one coming?
1: Yeah, Kevin De Bruyne back from injury, which. On a, on a note, of watching him play because he's a to watch is great to see. From the Earth City, get another player back. Well,
0: yeah, that, that's yeah. I, I, I'm uh, yeah. I, I may have concerns about uh, both of our chances, John. If if De Bruyne is back, uh, awesome. Luton and Bolton were a nil nil, so that goes for a replay. Also, a, a replay. Uh, Nottingham Forest two, Blackpool two.
1: That's going to be an interesting replay. I think that one's getting picked by the BBC when they come to, to choose their match for a replay.
0: Yeah, uh, Wrexham beat Shrewsbury one 0
2: An old, an old little derby finally getting revived on that one too. So yeah,
0: R- right, right. Uh, and- what, el- what else did we have? We had well, uh, Millwall went out to Leicester <laughs> at the at the New Den three <laughs> two.
2: And then uh, Swansea and Luke Williams' <laughs> debut as manager uh, got through Morecambe 2-0, so, yeah, so that. Yeah,
0: talk about that for a second. I think we may have lost John.
2: <laughs> Ooh, that's unfortunate. Uh, I
0: saw him freeze for a second there.
2: No, he's, he's here. Uh, I now we got, him, we got him
0: back. We got him back. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so t- tell us a little bit about that real quick, Chris. About it's interesting because Luke over
2: the last week, we started to hear news that now former Knott's County boss uh, Luke Williams was uh, getting interviewed by Swansea City to be their new manager after they'd been with a caretaker for the better part of a month. For Swansea, it's interesting because Luke Williams used to be an assistant there under, I believe it was Russell Martin for a couple of years, uh, about six, seven years ago, something like that. And uh, turns out Luke Williams lives closer to that area as well, too, uh, nearby Swansea. So it ended up being a move that he made mostly for family reasons, to be closer to home and things of that nature. But he leaves a Knott's County team that he helped push from the National League with a record campaign that, the only reason they didn't get first place last year is because Wrexham also had a record campaign right. at the exact same time. Which and, and, is... and
0: I think maybe Chris maybe have has made a video about such things. Yes.
2: In fact, I did back in May of last year around that video essay still somewhere over on my channel, Yonder Over There. We'll plug it accordingly by the end of the show.
0: <laughs> no, but... do it now before you forget. <laughs>
2: No, no, I'll make sure to make, I'm making a mental note to myself about it. (laughs) Okay. Point is, uh, with the interviews, uh, the position got made official for Luke Williams. uh, I believe it was Friday was when they made the official announcement. And then, yeah, he, uh, managed his first game for Swansea over the weekend and and got him a win. So good good luck to
0: to to Knott's County for the rest of the season. Uh, John, I'm going to take you to task. Uh, why oh, yeah. why could Newport not handle uh ten man easily uh, well
1: from what i 've been hearing, they had one shot on target all game, so it's a case of you play well you miss we're missing the, the our best target, you know, Omar bogle, but you know you don't take your chances you're vulnerable to that kind of like late penalty one shot if you can 't break them down you don't deserve to go through so we wanted the replay money, is all I can say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, to the surprise of nobody, Newcastle stormed the first uh, Tyne Weir Derby in quite some time—three uh, yeah. 0 against Sunderland. It's it's gotta love how
2: Sunderland. Yeah, gotta love how Sunderland management been folded in giving Newcastle fans so many away tickets to go to that fixture like you'd think your first derby in so many years that you'd want to pack your, the place with your own people and leave a tiny little spectrum of the Newcastle fans so you could, you know, intimidate them accordingly if you needed to yeah, but they, no they,
0: yeah uh, the, I mean yeah Sunderland yeah the the, the Macams don't want that many geordies in at once I'm sorry
1: <laughs> Well there's um, there's regulations in the FA cup where you have to give away teams a greater percentage of the crowd than you would in a league
0: game so that might mm. be well Yeah, but even so. Even so. Uh, oh, yeah. of course I'm sure your 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 wife, John, was was very happy to, to take out uh ten man AFC Wimbledon.
1: Oh, she was gloating yesterday quite quite significantly. He was watching that. It's like, why aren't we battering them from like you know, the first minute onwards? Yeah, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> measured themselves going, Yeah, we were doing better than Leicester. We did better than Leicester. We our margin of victory was greater. <laughs> so. mm. Well, but man. yeah, in
2: in general, not as many surprising results. I will say QPR pushing Bournemouth to a three two result was interesting at the very least. Yes. It did kind of show in in terms oh. of the league differentials at the moment.
0: Uh, yeah, not not really many upsets except for you know Liverpool beating Arsenal. That was a that was a big upset. <laughs> oh, but... hang on,
1: is that the, the top team in the country beating? Was it the third place team or something? Oh, Look, yeah. all I'm saying.
2: All no, I'm saying is this: no. Wig- Wigan Athletic plays Man United at their own ground in half an hour, and if
0: if you want no, no, something, no, no, that's tomorrow. 20, no, 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 that's tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Oh, no, no, no. that's a, that's a Sorry, Monday night game. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it'd still be hilarious regardless if they pull something off here, just just to see what happens to a certain very bold manager who's been I mean, under do fire we, for the last. Have we
0: months. forgotten that Wigan beat Man City for the mm-hmm. for the actual cup?
1: Yeah, that was when they were top division,
0: though. Yeah, and then they and then they got relegated four yeah, days later by like, by Arsenal.
1: <laughs> Man United are a clown car, so anything could
0: happen. Yeah, I, I am yeah, actually uh, very much looking forward to this. Very, very much looking forward to this. Uh, so I have uh, two things I want to get off my chest before we we go to a very serious topic Um a very serious uh, news topic. Number one we fucked the huns again <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get some joy in here haven't you? uh celtic have been trash the last few weeks actually they've been trash a lot of the season let's be honest here brendan ball is not working at at at, at paradise i'm sorry and i was completely against the idea to begin with uh for the record and as i mentioned on this show several times mm-hmm. you know what the best way to get to get me back in a good mood about Celtic is to beat the Huns. (laughs) And they did, 2-1. Kyogo even scored, finally. Because uh, it seems like a a lot of the scoring onus has gone on to uh, Luis Palma this season.
2: Yeah, in terms of... it, It seems to be a little bit more... Almost a little more spread out in certain areas there. But yeah, Kyogo hasn't been as active on the goal scoring, at least in recent games yeah. from now, what I've ma- gathered.
0: Now, mind you, again, Luis Palma has been taking a bunch of it, and so is uh, so is O. O's been... Uh, mm-hmm. O's, o, O's goal tally has gone up, I think. So, I mean, that's good, I guess, but oh, I have yeah, a I um, I just got a date. Well, <laughs> given
1: ding how um, really Plemard has picked up Rangers, that's a really good result for Celtic, and it puts the it's obviously rangers back in their
0: place yeah i well yes and, i mean and and credit to philippe clement who's actually been pretty good as a manager yep. for, for 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 the zombies but i mean i got nothing <laughs> against him per se but you know it's also rangers so you know fuck them yeah that's um, true the the other thing i want to get off my chest is that people were going Gaga over the fantastic result that, uh, Girona pulled against Atletico de Madrid on Monday, as we record this, uh, four winning four, three, uh, Alvaro Morada had four goals. One of them got flagged offside, but, um, yeah, I mean, when Alvaro Morada has an official hat trick and they still lose, Yes, it's something we're talking about, but can we just remind everybody once again, this is not a Cinderella story. Girona are owned by Man City.
2: Yeah, they just figured things out uh, in terms of their development. They've got good players there as it is, so it's not as surprising of a story as a lot of people might make it out to be just because they're not one of the known names. But, yeah, they're part of that whole umbrella, and... Got to consider that. If anything, that just makes the whole Champions League situation a little bit crazier because their whole... And at least they remember reading something about the fact that Girona might not even be allowed to partake in it because at the same time, the man City is because of the whole, you know, conglomerate that owns the two of those teams and, you know, the possibility of collusion. But then again, City defying expectations in every legal way possible, you know, Imagine that, right?
0: Well, as I seem to recall, John, uh, do I recall a similar... Do I recall a uh, a Champions League where Chelsea and Siska Moscow got drawn in the same group?
1: I believe they did. And, and wasn't there something about the Red Bull Clubs as well?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the Austrian Le- energy yeah. drink merchants,
0: as yeah. I like to call them. Yeah Salzburg, <laughs> yeah, Salzburg and Leipzig can't be part of the same group. They, but they certainly were in the... They've certainly both the been Champions in the Champions League. Yeah. League. Mm-hmm. So I don't see the problem there, to be honest. But, yeah, I mean... That, I just wouldn't cool.
2: be surprised if people make it a problem even further because of the fact that it's City. And City being under the fire that it is, even though we know they're escaping at least 113 of those allegations. So
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> is is this part of the thing that the new Champions League format is designed to get around, shall we say? I
2: would... I wonder if that could be part of the reason for that, just because they can draw those eight games and mostly random and just have the giant table, 36 teams playing it out due to that. But still, it's... Uh, I mean, I don't I, think, am...
0: I, I don't think Girona are going to suddenly be the new Real Madrid, though, because let's face no, it, no, Real, not Real not and Barca stretch. have... Real, Barca, Atleti, and like, you know, I don't know, Valencia all have the experience that... Girona do not have.
1: Yeah, but boss mm-hmm. are running out of levers.
0: So, you know,
1: how many That's more can too. they do?
0: That's true too. That is very true too. So, but that of course will uh remain to be seen. I just wanted to get that off my chest about, you know, this incredible Cinderella story that isn't really because, you know, there there's a lot of uh uh oil money involved in this. There's fa-
2: there's layers in involved with it is basically the whole yeah. just of it didn't mean well it's still it is interesting at the very least to see a different team winning it in that aspect so yes
0: but I mean it's not done yet I mean La liga also no, not had a stretch mid- no and again Real Madrid of all te- Real and Barça both have the experience to mount a, a comeback so mm-hmm. if nothing else Okay, I want to get on something that is kind of serious. We may be telling some jokes here, but it's not a funny situation at all. I'm just gonna preface this by saying that uh once he is done with his ban from football um, for for being you know for gambling, I, be, I believe that is a thing that happened. Uh, I really hope that uh, Joey Barton's next managerial appointment is in hell for what he's been pulling lately uh in his vendetta against uh women's football commentators uh john i'll let you fill in some of the blanks here since this is your home uh your home arena
1: yeah joey barton let's preface this by pointing out that his situation here is he's got himself a podcast he has a podcast to promote what he's done is he's gone in and if you're if you're on social media you'll probably seen this story the guy has gone in for weeks saying, why are women allowed to commentate on men's football? And particularly, he's picked out ITV's commentators, um, Ennio Luko certainly was one of them. And he has, again, been having a go with them, uh, comparing them to one of Britain's most infamous serial-killing
0: couples. Yeah, the, the the Moores murders, which uh, I believe... The uh, Moores... Morrissey- <laughs>
1: The the Wests,
0: Fred Fred and Rosemary West. I thought they were the Moore's murderers. No, that's uh, Mara Hayden Ian Brady. Oh, okay. That's, well, then a, an article I read miscited that. Then ah,
1: uh, yeah, no, I, I've seen I've seen the tweet. Okay, I, I had to unblock him to read the tweet temporarily. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it and he has doubled down on it and had a go, and there has been much anti-trans rhetoric around it as well. And he has now been threatened. to Go, I identify as a woman. I want to play in the in the women's uh, Premier League. What are you going to do about it to stop me?
0: This guy is a bin fire. No, he's fucking. He's the trash in the fire. He he is the yeah. trash in the fire. And he, I mean, he, we we we've had some. We've had some laughs at his expense on this show, um, you know. But also, lest we forget when he also tried, you know, when when he tried to, uh, you know, speak French by doing a comedy accent, you know, speaking English in a comedy accent when he first went on loan to Marseille. But also, lest we also forget when he tried to anti-Semitically abuse Zlatan Ibrahimovic on the pitch. Despite the fact that Zlatan is not Jewish, he's a mix of Muslim and Catholic, I believe. He, he
1: tried to stub a cigarette on a teammate as well, wasn't it? I'm trying to remember if it was a teammate he was going for with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, man's a psychopath. Yeah. The, a, a, he, a pure psychopath and sociopath, because you can be both at once.
1: You know? the The guy just... He will say anything for a quick, cheap publicity. He will have a go, and you know, I say, okay. So if you're, uh, if, you, if you're saying that, you know, women can't come to women's football, my man. Women mainly come to our women's football over here, which is a good thing. But have you heard someone like Ian Wright come on women's football? The guy knows the game. There is no way that these women, you know, Anya Luko. All the Lionesses, everyone who comments on the game, they know as much about the game as anyone out there. You, know, you you might not like them. You might disagree with what they say. You might think what they say is shallow. But that's equally true of so many men's pundits.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, how many men's pundits really just don't know what the fuck they're talking about? Entirely so. Too many.
2: Too okay. goddamn many.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they don't know. I mean, or, you know, they're they're already in the tank for, you know... Invariably, it's Spurs, Liverpool, or either Manchester you
1: know, Arsenal, Club. Arsenal, it, it's whoever they used to play for.
0: Yeah. Uh, even then, it's not even then. I mean, you know. Like, why is Alan Shearer in the tank for Man U? You know?
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> he regrets never playing for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. But, you know, it's just. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Joey Barton is total garbage, and I really just don't want, ever want to... I, you know, I, I'm going to make a committed effort to not say anything about him again, unless it's, you know, for his imprisonment, for making threats now, because now he's direct, Now he's directly threatened Gary Neville. Or was it Phil yeah. Neville? One of the Neville brothers. He's directly... Yeah. Th- Which directly Neville is because... Him. You know, he's
2: a out former of all the convict. Pe- yeah, exactly. Out of all the people to threaten as a whole he's doing it to people who would pull up on him completely and rock his shit in its entirety. It's very much this whole contrarian promoting a podcast controversy creates cash type persona, but sooner or later, ideally sooner, it will bite him in the ass and there will be a wonderful bit of schadenfreude to experience as a whole. Just, I'm not going to really even bother at this point, like it needs to be called out, obviously the behavior that he's been on, but at the same time, giving it the uh limelight as well is it's a balancing act. You can't give him what he wants. And at the same time, you still have to call out the bullshit and the same well, thing. So the, you
0: can call out the bullshit and still not listen to his fucking podcast. Oh
2: yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Anything that I learn about Joey Barton at this point has been against my own fucking will, but Ironically enough, this is like a more unhinged version of the Alexi Lala's pipeline, a less-than-seller player who's basically gone into the right-wing punditry. So oh, yeah. He's, a, a, he's a, a, just speedrunning it. And a, it's as also doctrine.
0: detailed by a video by one Mr. Chris Domasena.
2: <laughs> that was just more on him being an annoying human being in general, but yes, True. that is a part of the concept. So... Yes. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah, Joey Barton, um, fuck you. Just fuck you. That's all I gotta say. You you can't retort to that. <laughs> Just fuck you, man. I, I'm not feeding into your your bullshit. And you want to come threaten with me, I'll give you my home address. You're welcome to try anytime. Because I, I don't yeah, give a... Him...
1: I think his legal fees would be so great, he won't have the money to play in Chicago, my man.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he's still welcome to try, so... All right, and uh, I know that Chris has something to say here. So, uh, Chris, uh, what's happening over in Brazil land?
2: Uh, Chaos, as per usual, and involving the Brazilian Football Confederation, or the SEBAFI, as we call it over there. So, at the course start of December, their current president, uh, Edinaldo Rodriguez was removed from his post by a court in Rio de Janeiro. Basically, they annulled kind of an assembly of the organization held in 2022, in which he was elected to lead the federation until 2026. So a whole set of controversies there as it is, just in terms of the legality of the process. Typical, uh, really, Brazil's football confederation has been in chaos and scrutiny for the better part of so many years, the amount of controversies that previous presidents have had for, could probably fulfill a podcast in and of itself. But then the crazy part is, uh, guess who decided to get involved after that initial decision was made? FIFA. <laughs>
0: which, oh, no.
2: Uh, of course, <laughs> opens its own can of worms because FIFA decided to, you know, put their big boy pants on, threatening to suspend Brazil altogether from international competitions due to them trying to rush the process to vote in a new president rather than, you know, apparently taking the time to go through due diligence and all of that. Uh, but Iginaldo Rodriguez has been a very well-known uh, FIFA simp. As a whole, so there's <laughs> definitely certain interests being played there as uh-huh. well too. So, um, and we had a new episode of that drama be kind of relived over the last couple of days. Three days ago, a justice of Brazil Supreme Court ruled uh, that the uh, president, that Eginaldo being ousted, uh, was you know unconstitutional and all that, and that he should be returned to office immediately. A lot of it, I think, has to do with the pressure that Brazil had to name a Olympics team by Friday on the eighth, and the possibility of FIFA deciding to suspend them from all international competitions kind of played a hand into that. I'm very, very certain of it. But uh, the Alsa president is now back to uh, just a, quite a couple of people's displeasure as a whole. Uh, as a, it's just. It's one of those messes, again, as a for the Brazilian Federation. The international team, as you've seen this year, has been abysmal for the most part. And here's the caveat, too. For the longest time, Edinaldo Rodrigues kept saying, hey, we have a deal in the bag in July 2024 with Carlo Ancelotti. He's going to come to Brazil. He's going to coach the men's team. We're going to be great again, so on and so forth. And then wouldn't you know... Real Madrid announced a couple of days ago that Carlo Ancelotti has extended until the end of 2026.
1: Oops. Yeah, I'd seen that Ancelotti thing. I was going, hang on, that's going to be interesting in Brazil.
2: Yeah, and uh-huh. turns, it turns out that's just... He never had a deal to begin with, so uh, <laughs> that's... Wow! Mm. Oh my
0: it's just goodness. A, it,
2: it is a nightmare. And then I know they just named, I believe, uh today they named uh Dorival Jr., who was the who's been a longtime coach over in Brazil. He's coached through multiple clubs. He's been recently over at Sao Paulo and they just won the Copa do Brasil this year, the Brazilian Cup, but they had like a mid-table finish in the Brasileirão uh as well. So mixed bag. Um I guess he's a decent option given we don't have all that many in the Denise relationism experiment failed at the international level because let's face it, most of the game's meta as a whole is very much on the European tactically sound, very kind of robotic style and relationism is very much the antithesis (laughs) of that. And getting players to go from one style to another, when internationally they've played a completely different style, it's just not going to mesh. And it showed in these qualifiers that Brazil had throughout this year, unfortunately.
1: So, I, I mean, I can't. You know, international teams they don't get that long together. I can't. No, they don't can build relationalism into that team. Like, unless you're
2: bringing people who play that style completely to begin with, and right yeah. now in Brazil, that's just Fluminense. That's the only team that does it. If there were more options across not just Brazil, but other international uh, rosters that have Brazilian players within it, that might be a little more feasible. <clears And throat> maybe in, say, like 10 to 20 years. I do, I do believe there's years. three
0: players at Arsenal. Uh, I think, th- I, I what are their names? Oh, Gabriel, Gabriel, and Gabriel, I think. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> and they were part of these rosters that got called up for these games in questions. So, True. again, that just goes to show that I mean, seriously, they need to get their stuff together because Brazil is under, they're not in the best position right now in qualifiers. And even with more spots in this next World Cup, if they keep doing, if they keep doing this bullshit, like, they could be in enough trouble to where they don't even qualify in the first place. I do think that's a realistic take now, right now.
0: Now, is there any coincidence that this, this Neymar generation of, of Brazilian players are also all massive pricks for the most part? Is it is there any correlation there?
2: I wouldn't be surprised. And again, that's why I'm kind of betting my Look, Looking him. at Imagine. you,
0: Anthony and, and uh, Richarlison.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, Richarlison is fine. He's a shit but he's actually like a really good human being oh, outside of the pitch. Yeah,
0: is he
1: though? Yes, he is. Yeah, he's a good boy off the pitch. He he hated. Uh, he's popular politically, isn't he, Chris? Yeah, I'm... he's
2: one of the few anti Bolsonaro who players who have actually spoken out about him during the course of those elections.
0: Uh, okay. All right. Well then I re- I'll retract that one, but Anthony on the other hand needs to be, in oh, oh yeah. An- Anthony
2: can go. He should be in a jail cell somewhere in my opinion. Uh, that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say on the matter regarding, uh, fidget spinner 2k 24. Um, uh, <laughs> this is why I'm hedging my bets on the newer generation. So guys like Vitor Hockey, who have now who's made the move to Barcelona officially, Endric who's about to make the move to Real Madrid in uh, July 2024, guys like Lucas Pei, who just made the move over to Lyon from Botafogo, uh, this window officially to play goalie competition for them over there. So um I think 2026 is going to be a year of transition as a whole. And then hopefully the younger generation is ready to take over by 2030. I- I'm just tired of Neymar and all of these other guys that are just that they've been, they've been given chance after chance and just bottled it left, right and center. So,
0: Hey, uh, Chris, uh, related, this is a uh, Roman to your interest. This flashed up on me whilst we were talking uh, from FOT Um, Uh, Keita Endo going from Union Berlin to FC Tokyo on loan.
2: Interesting. So FC Tokyo getting strengthened up a little bit. I know they've, uh, I mean, on the J-League side of the spectrum, Tokyo is going to be really interesting this year because for the first time in the top flight of Japanese football, all three major Tokyo teams are there. So you have FC Tokyo who've been kind of the stalwarts of that aspect uh tokyo verdi who got promoted this year and then fc machida zelvia uh who were the champions of j2 this past year tokyo based as well so the tokyo derbies are going to be something else coming up in 2024 and i'm excited to see how it all unfolds there
0: it's a little surprising <laughs> that tokyo hasn't had more success in in the j league given it really it's is tokyo you know <laughs> but exactly no it know.
2: really really is it's been very much the Kawasaki Frontale and Yokohama F. Marino show over the past decade with Viso Kobe finally breaking the monotony a little bit, yeah. which is ironic because their owner is one of the richest ones in all Japan, yeah. and they were basically mini Barcelona for the better part of a decade. So Yeah,
0: well, also, I mean, let's not forget, uh, you know. Uh, Arawa Red Diamond still keeps getting into European play, or uh, not European, you know, Champions League, Champions yeah, League pretty, play is what I meant to say. Pretty, so, Asian Champions League. Pretty much,
2: League. Mm-hmm. there's them doing that stuff. There's Vent at Kofu, who've somehow made it into the round of 16 for the AFC Champions League, as well as a second division team in the J League. So, that's been incredibly impressive on their yeah. parts. And and while uh, we're in
0: Japan, I wanna just add this. I don't know if I got to rant about this on the on the podcast yet, but uh what the fuck are Nagoya doing getting rid of my fucking Orca off of the badge? What are they doing? You know what are you doing, Nagoya Grampus 8? What are you doing?
2: I mean, they haven't been Nagoya Grampus 8 for a while now, to be honest. I will say that, but obviously like with the old logo and everything else. A lot of the J League, and uh, you've been seeing it over the last three to four years, where a couple of these big teams have been doing rebrandings that are very much more meant to be like very minimalistic, social media, like look friendly, and such. What I will say is that Nagoya Grampus is is the best of the bunch thus far, but it's still taking away from some of the magic with some of those uh, logos there as a whole.
0: I want my Orca.
2: All, all I'm just saying is this. Here's your pull it's,
1: quote
0: in the episode. <laughs> I want my yeah. Orca.
2: <laughs> yeah. Here's what I'm saying, though. If for some reason, if anyone decides to have the brilliant idea of saying the Kashima Antlers logo really couldn't use some updating, I will fight you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, how do you outdo antlers, right? <laughs> I mean, how do you? That
2: That logo was perfect and has been perfect for 30 years. Well, I'm Stay away you, from l- it. Listen, <laughs>
0: this is how I feel about Nagoya's, okay? I'm not even a huge fan of Nagoya. I do have a soft spot because, of course, that was Arsene Wenger's last club before Arsenal. But mm-hmm, the Orca, course. though, the Orca. God damn. You know there is a trend of really bad club badges these days.
1: Oh
2: god.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Really. And like... they're
2: usually re- and they're usually rebrands just yes, as a just, heads up to everybody uh... involved.
0: Now, the second that I- I- if Shimizu ever goes away from calling themselves S-Pulse, then I'm I'm flying over to Japan and I'm kicking somebody. Ta- ass. It,
2: it's time to start throwing hands at that it point. Is, yes,
0: enough do, is yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, it's bad enough I'm losing my Orca, but you're taking away Shimizu S-Pulse. I mean, that's just yeah. wrong. You're
1: going over and making that like Godzilla, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> By the way, Godzilla minus one, fully recommend that movie.
2: Oh, 100%. Probably one of my favorite oh, movies
0: I, of I, 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 Again, year. I do have the caveat that I do owe it a rewatch because as uh, as I mentioned in our group chat amongst us. Uh, about halfway through, I got into a very particularly Japanese flavor of imperialism and nationalism that really did not sit right with me, but it got subverted in the end, thank God. So- oh, yeah, and
2: I... And I really adore that about them because they've had the guts of kind of tackling those particular issues and then subverting them in an entirety point of just yeah kind, so, of, sending, kind of sending a message across that's very unlike a Japanese movie to make, uh, in my opinion, at the very least. So right. it's worth of-
0: Yeah, but Chris, I mean, you already know that. I mean, the the, the two of us got burned on Attack on Titan. Yeah, with uh, yeah, the less when, said
2: about that, the better. Yeah, okay, when, when, like, when, I'm still recovering.
0: When, when Attack on Titan, like in the later volume, suddenly went into this creepy race war bullshit, you know? It's
2: almost like it felt like he was trying to make a grand point about it all, and then just lost himself in the sauce and never settled it which is worse to yeah. be honest like Wait, see, either go all out or just revert it entirely yeah right the but one between
0: but see the ironic thing and i know we're way off topic but fuck it it's you know it's it, this is already gonna be a long episode anyway and this is <laughs> yeah it's us and it's the first episode of the year so fuck it um so it's like but my, my wife and i had it, it, the exact mirror um reactions to shin godzilla and godzilla minus one Because I just fell in love with Shin Godzilla immediately and had many feelings about it. She needed a rewatch after being explained how Shin Godzilla was also an allegory for Fukushima and how the bureaucracy ruined the response to Fukushima she absolutely oh, yeah. adored Godzilla Minus One and I was the one who had my hackles raised with you know that the imperialism and nationalism that the movie was trying to that, that seemingly was was pushing but then of course it got subverted so I do owe it a rewatch so I could fully enjoy it this time yeah you know? for sure
2: mm, I, I hear it on that and well, I, again, I, I hear
0: a rumor that there's going to be an, a black and white version released in Japan yes
2: Uh they, I believe they've mentioned as much I'm just not sure when it's getting released I do want to give that one a look just to see I do too because yeah it 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 very much gave me the feeling of an old era godzilla movie just with the aspects of it that they use so i'd be very interested in seeing that sort of like uh yeah seeing the black and white cut it reminds me a lot of um i know there's maybe not a lot of video game players that might be listening to this but fuck it it is as you mentioned new episode of the year and i can make the comparison at least <laughs> uh ghost of tsushima which was a game that came out in recent years they uh one of the cool features that they had with it because it is like a samurai film kind of based it takes a lot of uh, motifs from that gives it uh, pays homage to a lot of those movies and things of that nature they had what was called a uh kurosawa uh filter it, which made it look like an old Kurosawa film throughout the entirety of the game as you played it. It is wonderful. Oh,
0: my goodness. Wow. Like,
2: it gave the legitimate feel of a Kurosawa film from start to finish, and if you played that in the native Japanese language with the English subtitles to it as well, like, you were fully immersed at that point. Holy shit. It was a really cool experiment that a game made with that type of style, So, so... Again, like black and white can be an enhancer depending on what you're doing with it as an artistic choice, I guess, is what we're getting into. Well, yeah,
0: but also just to sum up, yes, uh, I want my Orca and do not change the name of Shimizu S-Balls. That's (laughs) that's what I got. (laughs) There you go. Uh,
2: Oh yeah, and by the way, the state titles over in Brazil are gonna be starting on the 17th of this month, which just shows how crazy the Brazilian calendar
0: is. By the way, so who who, who did win? Syria was was a Palmares. It was
2: palmandas, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: okay. Wow. Both of they, they, oh, they, I, Have you finished they, it? Oh, yeah. You've got a Botafogo
2: you know, posted post video. I literally just posted that before we started the podcast. Oh, shit. So okay. Well, what's,
0: okay. You're, you're plugging your channel now. Fair Mr. enough. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you right can now. find
2: me at Brazilian Fury over on YouTube. So youtube.com slash at Brazilian Fury. Brazilian with an S instead of a Z. Uh, Mostly do a combination of FM24 gameplay videos and the odd video essay here and there. And speaking of odd video essays, my first one of the year is out and that is basically detailing the Botafogo season and how they went from having the best first half in the entirety of the Campeonato Brasileiro history. To bottling the leak entirely and ending in fifth place, so not even Ooh. in the G four, which is the uh, top four places for fifth. Libertadores qualifiers. Yeah, they're out. They're basically in the. They have to like play like two or three game, uh, like two or three uh, games, two legged series of that of those at that in order to uh, make
0: Libertadores. Think, exactly. Yeah, to make oh. the
2: group stage to begin with. Ooh. And uh, Red Bull Gargantino is there as well. And oh yeah, by the way, for those who didn't know, the Red, the Austrian energy drink merchants have a team in Brazil as well that they
0: renamed wow. rebranded. Well, we knew that. I think I think we've discussed that before.
2: So, so. Some people might not know that, but just yeah. in case, in case they didn't, you know, there's well, knowledge there. They they finished in sixth this year.
0: So, well, John, I have a flat. You know, Chris's description there <laughs> of Botafogo storming the first half and then and falling away. Um, John, does that remind you of anybody?
1: Well, Arsenal this year. Oh, no, they outdid oh, Arsenal.
0: Oh, oh fuck uh, off. Oh, oh, you fuck no. off. No, that's not the correct answer, John. The correct answer is Leeds United in 2001.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, so here's my question to you all, because obviously you've been more familiar with the English game than even I have. How what was the point differential between Leeds United and second place that particular year? Like the biggest point differential
1: that they had uh, throughout that, I, the season I, I before could not tell, I yeah.
0: could not tell you that off the top of my yeah, head. Quite, um, in
1: 2001, the winning would have been in the 80s, mid-80s. One, okay, one
2: gotcha. Time. But I mean, like between first place and second and place was a difference what, like ten points, eleven points, something along it those would have lines.
1: Been ten points between where the leads were in the end, I think. Um, so if...
2: let me let me just give you this in this situation here. So for Botafogo, they had a thirteen-point lead at the top of the table after nineteen games in the season. Their final nineteen games, from like game twenty until game thirty-eight, three wins. Eight draws, Oof. eight losses. Yipes. It's possibly the biggest bottling in the entirety of world football to the point in which, and I even make this joke on the actual video itself. Well, to sit where, here for the video. <laughs> you, you, oh,
0: it's already, po- it's already posted. Well, that's what I'm so, saying. You want people to go watch the video. Don't give away your best material.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, all, look, all I'm saying is that if you hear Stan Kroenke call John Texter, to thank him at some point during the course of this year don't be surprised
0: (laughs) okay arsenal are not dead in the water i'm gonna quote tony soprano here they're not fucking dead (laughs) 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 and on that note (laughs) and on that note coming up Today's topic, the 2024 Premier League midterm grades, John, Chris, and Jeffrey passed judgment on all 20 Premier League teams for their performance so far. Please stay tuned. I'm not, it's easy, come easy, go, laugh
2: off. Why should I go to work to realize I'm poor? Sometimes it's easier to live a life without that
1: back with the second half of episode 89 of the Bustin Balls podcast today it's the half term grades john jeffrey and chris run through who deserves a gold star and who is going to be in the breakfast club next
0: saturday <laughs> i don't think anybody ever remembers what the breakfast club was actually about <laughs> but they
1: get attention <laughs> that's the important one So
0: all right, so um, there are twenty teams in the Premier League. We decide as of last time when John and I did the final grades, we decided we like the random number generator uh, because it 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 makes the order a little more interesting of uh of who we review. Um, so uh, who should uh who do we want to go first this time? Should we let Chris do it? I think so. Okay, so So, our our no. Okay. So, since Chris is the new no, kid, no, I can yes. Yeah. So, since Chris is the new kid here, um, we uh, we we already ran our n- random number generator. Our first club is seventeenth place, which as of our, oh, by the way, so the reason, of course, we're doing this is because at least because every team has played at least nineteen games. Mm-hmm. now um most have played 20 uh the ones we're still waiting for 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 various reasons are uh man city bournemouth brentford and luton town so there's still we're still waiting for them so with that being said um with that being said, uh we go to number 17. That is Everton. Oh, this will be interesting. Chris, take it away. Oh yeah,
2: it, we're we're starting with a very interesting one there as a whole. And Everton's whole saga the last couple of years has been an adventure. Let's let's just call it what it is. But of course, they got hit with that nice little 10-point deduction uh for financial fair play rulings and all of that. It should be said that it is being uh, disputed as of this time by Everton. But in the meantime, they're dealing with the 10-point deduction. But at the same time, the team has played a lot better than I think most of us have been expected. Dyche Ball may be, you know, um, less than adventurous most of the time. But it does get results. And uh, Sean Dyes has those boys playing for their lives. Every single game. So you can't discount what Everton has been doing uh, so far this season. They'd be, I think, in a points uh, standpoint, it would show up a little bit more uh, if they didn't have the deduction to begin with. I think people would be speaking about them a little more charitably that way. But I'll say for at least this first half of the season, with the circumstances and the results that they have. Uh, gotten thus far which has included a couple of impressive wins here and there uh, on their end of the spectrum there obviously uh, getting pounded by the likes of Man City Tottenham and Wolves do kind of raise a few eyebrows here and there but still they've had a couple of decent wins here and there Uh, the Newcastle one immediately comes to mind along with well you know beating the uh, fire sale tire iron that is Chelsea so I'm gonna say there would be minus uh this year so far for the first half better than uh better than what was average kind of expected of them in my opinion, but I don't think like high enough to be like um the best grade possible on it, but they they could impress even further at this point. I do think that they stay up at least now with the way that they've been playing.
0: Yeah, I thought that you were actually going to be a little saltier about this because you did pick Everton to go down. I think we all yes, kind of I I, think I, we I, yeah. all did. We but, kind of
2: all expected it, but I mean, it's just, again, like their form has been, I think, better than most of us expect, and credit should be given where it's due. So well, it should be
0: given where it's due because, number one, they've already overcome the points deduction. I mean, they are... Currently, one point above relegation. Of course, Luton Town still has a game to play. Um, and we'll talk about them coming up. But they've already overcome the points deduction. Uh, they're still maybe in relegation trouble. But if, you, if they were able to get those points away, they'd be firmly mid-table. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and they'd think be in 12th
2: right now. Yeah,
0: and I think a lot of that form came after the deduction because suddenly they yes. did have... This okay, we are fighting for our lives here, literally, and mm-hmm. and they got to go it now. Again, I still think Sean Dice comes across as you know the 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 corrupt detective on the squad who's you know who you know he, he doesn't do things by the book, but he goddammit, he gets results. But you know on, on every British cop show. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I you know what I'm gonna be go so far as to say I'm gonna give them a B plus because they already, just on the basis of, they already overcame that points deduction and are clear of relegation, at least for the moment. So, you know, there's a soul, you know, 18, they still have 18 games to play. So, you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. John, I know you, yeah, you're I, salty too, because this is, you know, the other side of, uh, of, uh, <laughs> of Liverpool.
1: I, absolutely. No, I, I mean, I thought Everton were flat out going down this year because their only goal scorer... Essentially, is made of glass. You know, you, you look at him, he goes down, he's injured. Um, and we're gonna, it's gonna be interesting to see how they fare without Calvin Lewis now he's suspended for the next three games. So, I I think yeah, I'll I'll go with a B on this because it could go either way. I really like the emergence of I think Jared Branthwaite has a superb centre half on that on the evidence so far um, could be you know a, a new staff for them. Darcey's got them playing tight. He's got them uh, fired up. A better points deduction. I, I I generally thought with the points deduction hanging over them that they would they would be adrift at this point. To them not to be adrift. It, it's brilliant work. I I you know I'm not a big fan of Darcey. I'm not a big fan of the style of football. But you've got to give credit for the way he's gotten the results out there. So yeah, a B from me is pretty much spot on.
0: All right. Next up in the generator, we have uh, eleven, which uh, that is Wolves. John.
1: Um. They they are kind of just there, aren't they, this year? But they keep they keep doing this in the Premier League. They're they're anchored in mid table. I you know is there is there that much to say about them <laughs> this year? I, I think it's solidly, roughly where I expected them to be. They you know they're no better or worse than that. So. A, a, a C plus, you know, no surprises. They, they haven't really, they, they give big teams trouble, but they, they're not, they're not good enough to live with the big boys every week, but they're not anywhere bad enough that they're going to be in relegation trouble. So yeah, solid C.
0: See, uh, my recollection was that we predicted that they were going to get relegated too.
1: Oh no. I, That's oh, my I recollection, know.
0: Chris. I don't know if you recall. No, that. Or... No, doubt. Yeah. Do you, do you remember that? I, I thought they were like i think a solid some relegation. of us had
2: contenders for it yeah i believe yeah, they, they
0: so. i mean i think mid table for them right now based on that i think is an improvement um mm-hmm. i do agree with your assessment that they're just kind of there but you know they, they've been kind of there and not bad either you know yeah. they they, they they're, haven't they're, been they're, horrible yeah. And you know, again, they're firmly mid table right now. Yeah. So, uh, so on that note, yeah, I you know I, I do agree with us. I'll give a C plus though, just cool. on that because I I do agree that we I do believe that at least one of us thought that they were going to go down, and as of right now, they certainly are not. So they're they, no they, they they I think they've earned themselves another year of Premier League football at this point. Uh, yes. Yeah,
2: so here's what I here's what I was saying. This is the angle I'll present for it. Initially, I thought they were in trouble because of the fact that they were refusing to back Julian Lopetegui. and you know they fired him basically just before the season started to bring in brought in Gary O'Neill. So the fact that they've been performing in mid-table form is kind of impressive in and of itself because of that. And Hula and Lopategi
0: may be the most unlucky manager in history.
2: <laughs> yeah, just yeah. In, in general, just it's one of those in which like you'd expected him to stay there for a little while and then just this stuff happens in the midseason. So again, I think the fact that they've been doing this well in spite of management, uh, initially backing their manager on the transfer market and the spectrum should be uh properly praised accordingly gary o'neill has done a decent job uh phil you know kind of taking the team short notice and doing what he's done with it uh huang Hechan and mateo squinga i like them as a two striker duo for them they've done they've gotten a couple of key goals for them in recent games and i mean they gotten wins over i know chelsea has kind of been kind of the big team you know Big horse that people have beaten on throughout the course of the season, but beating them and uh, Spurs during the stretch that they had in the first half—those are some pretty impressive scalps to collect. That I don't think many people would have expected. So, to me, I'm going to give them uh, a C plus as well. I think they've performed, they've punched above their weight a little bit here. How they finish the second half, though, that's going to be the interesting part. Whether they have enough in them to continue this form or if we see a bit of a dip over the next uh, two months, especially so
0: up next is uh number 19. That is Burnley, which uh, yeah, uh, Burnley, they stormed the championship last season with uh, Vincent company in charge, actually giving them, you know, a, a, a supercharge of excitement that uh, you know, that uh, Sean Dyche regularly did not provide. Uh, they are finding that the Premier League is a little more difficult than the Championship, which is ironic because everybody always says that the Championship is the toughest league on earth. I don't think that's true. I really don't think that's true. I think the Championship may be the most equitable league on yeah. earth as far as <laughs> as far as um, as far as ability and and and, uh, and whatnot. But, yeah, when you get up to the Premier League, it's a whole different level. It really is a whole different level, and you get found out pretty quickly if you belong there or not. I don't know if Burnley belong here right now. Uh, unfortunately, I have to – they they still try, I guess. You know, they, they still – you know, they're not lying down, which is to their credit, but – yeah, a reach could be exceeding their grasp here, and I'm thinking they're, they're as of right now they're getting they get a D plus for me at the moment. Nobody's failing just yet, but yeah, D plus right now for me.
2: They're an yeah. F. <laughs> they're literally an F. Oh, like okay. You're All of failed. the expectations on earth in terms of oh hey, they're playing this big, exciting style under Vincent Company. Vincent Company is a young, bright manager who's gonna take this team to the top eventually and build something special over at Burnley, and then they laid this fucking goose egg in the first half of the season. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> like I understand the players might not be at the right level for it, but when you bring up people's expectations in that manner with the managerial style changes, oh, this isn't the Burnley of old, you know, this isn't Sean so- this isn't Dyche ball or anything of that nature, and you're not delivering on the results end of the spectrum, it's an F. Uh, they've got a big uphill battle to climb if they want to stay in the uh, Premier League side of the spectrum and not just get... Uh, Get into that yo-yo club kind of stint that they've been known for over the last couple of years prior to uh you know the success they had with Dash to begin with. I do think Vincent Company is still the right person for the job, but at the same time, they've gotta figure out what's going wrong this year and find a way of sustaining long term success. Like JJ Watt can't res you up uh every single year if this is what you're gonna be doing. So
1: <laughs> yeah. What the- So, D, yeah, I'm going with a straight D myself on this because it's against preseason expectations. You were told, again, as Chris said, this was a good side. And I've seen them a few times now. And the thing that re gets me, they can be outworked. You know, that's the basic thing. Even at Turf Moor, you know, Liverpool went to Turf Moor. We didn't beat them because we out footballed them, we outplayed them. We beat them because they have, they've, they're so soft up front. There's no one there'd score goals for them, particularly at the right level. So you know they could do with a striker in this window. And we and midfield, we just outworked them. And to me, that's just you know inexcusable at home, particularly for a relegation threatened side. So yeah, I I I'm going with a D and I don't think it's going to get any better on the evidence because they just don't have what it takes to just scrap when they need to.
0: Up next in the random generator, we had number seven. That is Brighton and Hove Albion. Chris, take it away.
2: Now, Brighton's one of the teams that I was really excited about to start the season, just given how well they did last year around their whole project behind it, the players that they have. Kyle Domitoma has been fun to watch, even though he. Um, Haunted my existence as a Kawasaki Frontale player there for the one year in which he was around. So, but still, um, for them so far this year, it's been interesting. Like their games have been entertaining, which is cool. They've scored about, I believe it's 38 goals in 20 league games, but they can't keep clean sheets to save their life. And that's kind of the problem right there, along with obviously having the. Schedule gods, uh as well, keeping them busier now due to Europa League as well. So for them currently, I think they're performing within expectations, uh hanging around between six and eighth at the moment, especially with European football keeping them busy. So I'm gonna say they've just been uh, a regular C. Not bad, like not like terribly like not great, not terrible, just kind of in the right place of where things have been expected. They could be in for a big second half and, you know, exceed those expectations. But at the moment, I'm going to see a C. Yeah,
1: that's that's fair. Um, I think, as you touched on, the Europa League stuff, they haven't had the squad to cope with those extra fixtures. But again, uh, you know, they lost uh, players at the start of the season, particularly Alexis McAllister, who made that midfield take last year. But they kind of maintain that level. They are probably you have to say just about the best run club in the Premier League still. No matter what happens, there is no drop-off to their to their form. It's they'll still give the teams trouble. You know, they beat Spurs quite recently as well. Um, they gave Liverpool trouble at um, at home. So that was for me uh, yeah C C plus I think, but with with the thing that it's exactly what you expect them. But they're always they're always gonna be an entertaining team. I think as long as the fatigue doesn't hit them second half of the season, they're gonna have exactly the kind of season we expect. And for Brighton, particularly for where they came from, if even a few years ago, it's a brilliant thing.
0: See, I'm gonna go higher than that. I'm gonna give them like I'm gonna give them a B because they're they're still hanging in there. I mean, they're not out of the European conversation yet either. No nope. and nope. they're they're not out of the European not out of the European conversation, they drew Liverpool. Okay, they lost two one at the Etihad, but since then, look who they've beaten. They beat they beaten the likes of Ajax. They beat they beat Ajax twice. They beat Marseille. You know they they beat Nottingham Forest. I mean, the City Ground is a hard place to play. It is a hard place to play. Um, you know they have a couple of draws with some relegation strugglers like Burnley and and Sheffield United. And they were unlucky to lose at Chelsea late. So no, I you know I think that they've done just fine, and I think they're they've uh, they, I mean it, yeah I so far I have I have not seen anything that gives me any pause for concern with Brighton and Hove Albion. So yeah, I give them a B for their performance
1: not so sure
0: far. Uh, up next, uh, number the number six club, West Ham United, John.
1: I, yeah, I got it, correct. I was thinking there were going to be these all the European games in there, but they have kicked on from that first trophy last year. Losing Declan Rice, who was a fundamental part of that midfield, was, looked to me the, like they, they were going to go backwards. They were going to be comfortable mid-table at best. But, um, you know, signing James Ward-Prowse, excellent signing with his set of pieces. He's always going to be, he's what, I think 10 assists already for the season? So he is doing beautifully for them. He's replaced that. Lucas Paquette, I know he may not play much more this season, but he, I, you know, I've seen him and he has seriously impressed me. Everything that pace a movement of him is brilliant. And Jared Bowen has been transformed into a goal machine this year as well. Yes, he has. Absolutely yes, he has. Unexpected. So, you know, I've got to give credit to David Moyes, who was what? Even last year they were talking about replacing him? No, he's coming. He has done a super job. He's doing essentially what he did with Everton with slightly more money here. And he is establishing them around that kind of top six, top eight, which will have them in contention for European football every season with extra money. And, you know, some seasons you might even go better than that. You, he might be buying for Champions League. So I'm going to give him a B plus. I think.
0: Yeah, I will too because I mean, look at their look at their recent form. Okay, they've had draws with West Ham and they drew in the FA Cup with uh with uh, Bristol City. But I mean, you know, they beaten Manu, which I know isn't that much of an accomplishment this season. <laughs> but they beat Ar- they sent Arsenal into a tailspin that now twice. Yeah, well, no, well, no, they haven't sent them in no. I'm just saying that they beat them
2: they beat them in the EFL Cup just. Oh,
0: right, you're right. My bad. You did that is correct. But also, I'm talking about in, in league form. They've sent him into a tailspin mm-hmm. now, you know, in in yeah. in their current form. Um, you know, 3-0 Wolves, 2-0 against Freiburg. Okay, they got washed by Fulham 5-0, but you know, just prior to that, a 2-1 win at the Tottenham Hotspur stadium. You know, they mm-hmm. they you know they beat Burnley, they have beaten Forrest you know i I'm looking at their form and they've done they have done quite well uh I think maybe preseason or you know early days of the season they were looking a little shaky, but since then i mean but they kicked off with you know a three one win over Chelsea, which again that may not be the biggest accomplishment this year either, but uh you know you'll 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 have that. Uh, Yeah, I I think they've done quite well. So, yeah, West Ham United get a B-plus from me. Yeah, maybe an A-minus if I really stop to think about it.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking it's a B-plus for them myself, too, just on the fact that, as factors I mentioned, like good transfer business with Ward-Prowse, Lucas Paqueta has been playing pretty well. Jared Bowen kind of becoming their goal, main goal scorer. Uh, Mohamed Kudus is a fantastic piece of business as well. too. The yeah. fact that Ajax let him go is still astounding. Well, I, to I, me. Ajax
0: has some other issues too, right now. Of course, though.
2: So. No. They, they but 100% are talking about the
0: Eredivisie, so...
2: Yeah, no. But I mean, Mohamed Kudus is an excellent piece of business that I don't think as many people are talking about, and they should fantastic player and he's going to be a fantastic player for that side for as long as they can hang on to him uh, at this juncture but between the mixture of playing well in the european uh in the europa which they've dominated their group in the europa cup for uh in the europa league for the most part as well as their recent uh set of wins that they've had in the league side as well too they're hanging around as you mentioned between that sixth place in those european spots and that's as that's a good way of having job consistency in the premier league as a whole. So definitely agree with the B plus end of the spectrum and kind of curious to see what they do uh, going into the second half. They've got a couple of some somewhat okay games. Like they got Sheffield United. So that should be a give me for them in another two weeks here in the league end of the spectrum and then see how they tackle the uh, remainder of the season as a whole. So,
0: So, uh, the random number generator has thrown up, uh, the number one, which is Liverpool. Uh, fuck those motherfuckers. May they burn (laughs) in hell. F minus. Okay, but seriously, though. Uh, but seriously, though, fuck those motherfuckers. (laughs) I'm only doing this to Pop John at this point. (laughs) I mean, I mean, the numbers, the numbers don't lie and that spells disaster. (laughs) Which I said that to Pop Chris. Um, no, seriously, they've had uh, one league. On, those motherfuckers come. On. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've had one league loss. Uh, that that alone should tell you where they are when we're in week twenty, and they've only had one one league and loss that so far. Could not have
1: been a loss.
0: Well, mm, yeah, you're right, but you know the 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 facts being are what they are. And here we are. Uh, actually, they've looked shakier in Europa league than they have in the premier league.
1: And with, we with, still,
0: with, we, with losses to Toulouse and, and Union saint And I'm sorry if I completely messed that name up, but. Uh, yeah,
1: one. We won the group. So we didn't care. We sent the reserves
0: out. But so. um, yeah, I mean, they, they, they are adapting to life without Roberto Firmino um, what's going to be interesting is in this, in these next couple of weeks, I mean, yes, they, they played well today. Um, although they, you know, that was an own goal that kind of gave them the go ahead in the FA cup today. Uh, are they going to longer term be able to deal without Mosala or Watara Endo as they're both on international duty? Look pretty Excuse good today. Or, I, I did say yes. Today they did long-term, <laughs> however, you know, longer term, that's the real question. But no, uh no, Liverpool get a get an ape get an A from me. And god damn it, if we had done this show last week, this would have been Arsenal's spot. So that just shows you how quickly things can change in, in, in this in this crazy mixed up world of ours.
2: Yeah, and again, I think a lot of what we're seeing from Liverpool this year is what I think most people were expecting them to do last year, but they just did not seem to have their legs underneath them. Because with Jurgen Klopp style, you're basically you're playing heavy metal football. You're running, 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 and then you're fucking running some more. And most of those guys look dead on their feet by October, literally. Uh, Yeah.
1: So it's been a a night and day day last season.
2: Exactly, it's been a night and day uh, differential as a whole. A lot of smart business uh, transfers. Wise, Uh, Alexis McAllister for the price that he came into is a bargain steal in and of itself for what he does and what he brings to a team dominic slobosly might be up there for signing of the season with the way that he's been playing so far this year just phenomenal throughout uh trent alexander arnold sort of finding himself again whether it's in the midfield or as a fullback whatever whatever it is that he Klopp is having him play depending on the day or the, the mood as a whole he's been performing better than uh You know, most people were probably expecting him to. And Mohamed Salah is just a special player uh, altogether. And we've seen that come back this year around. They're definitely an A for me as well. Obviously, with being one, having their own little shot at a treble here is, you know, a good call on their side of the end there. Even though it's Europa, it's still an European trophy. You take those when you get the chance. We've got the
1: quadruple still on here.
2: Yeah, so...
1: League Cup as well. But
2: I mean, for me for me, they're definitely an A on their side of the spectrum with how they've done so far. Again, it's going to be interesting with AFCON and the Asian Cup in terms of the uh some of the players that they're gonna to need to cover for during that month, month and a half stretch. But I do think they have they're better equipped to do it this year than they were
1: last year around to do so. So absolutely. Um and I, I'm gonna then just say Vataro Endu as well. Has come in and done a fine job, player of the month for last season, on again, a steal of a deal at that point. And um, just say Mo Salah, um, he's no longer the player who, you know, he could tear players' p- teams apart with pace. He's lost a step at his age slightly. You know, he's still got, he's still fast, but he isn't particularly going to run away from defenders, you know, particularly top end defenders these days. And he's reinvented that game. He's more like to look at pick a pass, put the assist in, and it's brilliant. And you know, and, I, and I've got to say, the cult hero Darwin Nunez, a force of chaos. You don't know how it's going to end up, but he will terrify teams. You, so you don't know what's happening. You know, one of the key moves today, we put him on Ben White in the second half, and Ben White was getting turned inside out. It was just beautiful to watch from a Liverpool perspective. Um, yeah, and say so we've lost. You know, particularly looking, we lost Andy Robertson. Um, we lost Shimakas, his backup as well. You know, we, we didn't have Van Dyke today. We've got a lot of players in there who have missed games and we haven't missed a step. The only game we've lost this season was to a last minute on goal when, you know, we had the notorious incident where VAR suddenly decided to go to sleep for half an hour. Um, It's that resilience coming back, that attitude that says, no, we're not losing. That's what's simply is The mentality. We're looking before the season at an old midfield, you're looking at Henderson and Fabinho. You know, as Chris said, they didn't have the legs up in them after that last season. And particularly, you had a short-term break plus that mid-season World Cup, which just made things all the worse for it. And, you know, thank you to the Saudi League for buying them from us for a good price. And that midfield being rebuilt in the summer is no mean feat. You know, Shabazz McAllister, um, Endo, they all come in, they've all contributed. And again, you you look, we ended up with, I think, three first-year academy players on the pitch today. Gerald Kwanza has come in and done a job when we need him to. It's been, you know, maybe you could say we maybe should have won a couple of games we drew. But I'm, I'm just really happy because i didn't expect to be clear at up at this point in the scene so yeah it's an a from me
0: i just like to point out that i uh muted john's mic uh, a couple of minutes ago so, <laughs> so sorry for, so sorry for the dead air here so. <laughs> <Bitch>. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then up next we have number three manchester city Chris,
2: yeah. So one that we didn't expect to be third place, I think, for the most part at this particular juncture. But they were bitten by a couple of things. The injury bug being one of them, which is the more obvious one for the course of the current season. But they've had a couple of departures as well too. Uh, Iokai, excuse me, Iokai Gundawan leaving initially for Germany here earlier before the. Uh, start of the season. Uh, and then the injuries to KDB and Holland as well happening too. Still, there's always that uh, in it, uh, just that fear that they're going to go on a 23 unbeaten streak, uh, starting as of like the next game that they play in the Prem and then moving forward, kind of like how they did last year. So you can never count them out. But for Cite, I would say they were just. Uh, A B minus during this first half were slightly too, it's kind of slightly below expectations, but there were factors beyond their own helping that got them to this point. Did you say
0: Cite like uh, like you were Dusty Roads there,
2: something like that? Manchester
0: Cite, Daddy, (laughs) Daddy. The amount of wrestling that we talk about on this show.
2: Is it too much? Is it not enough? Uh, you you know, tell you, us. You, yeah, most part of gmail.com. <laughs> no, that's I'm responsible
1: right. for it, so I'm saying nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, City have suffered because you know I, I I can put it down to three letters why they've been having such calamity and misfortune this season relative to their you know to their success, and that comes down to KDB. He's back now. This second half of the season is going to be a much more interesting tale, I think, with 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 City coming back. Mind you, they also still have a game in hand. If they win that, they're in second as of right now. So let let's, you know, put that, you know, put that into perspective too. Um, I think relative to how they've done in, in recent years, yeah, this is this is a B minus a C plus first half of the season there were extenuating circumstances and of course pressure is starting to rise we could tell because of you know the charges against them but on on their based on their on-pitch performances today all right well today you know what i mean in in, in this in this first half of the season yeah we're gonna go with a, a b minus a c plus but that's definitely going to rise especially now that de Bruyne is back
1: Yeah, that's fair. Again, it's important to bear in mind that City's training regime is entirely based around peaking in this second half of the season. Against that, they had so many games last season. Again, a relatively short summer. So let's say they had the extra Club World Cup games in here. They, you know, we don't know how their legs are going to hold up that second half of the season. And is, is KDB going to be the same player coming back? It's going to take a little while to get into form, but that's time quite nicely because they've got, you know, the league games are a little thinner in January, so he's got time to kind of get, find his groove. So I'm kind of, yeah, I'm expecting them to be there or thereabouts. And it's quite ridiculous. You know, you're talking, they're likely to have, uh, probably at the end of the season, four straight Premier League titles, unless <laughs> Liverpool, Arsenal... Or another club we'll come to can hold on, but you know, I, I at the moment you still think City are favourites for that title. So, oh it, yeah, they, they of, absolutely
0: are. But I'm just going by what their form is so far. Yeah,
1: yeah totally. Um, you know, it, it's like neither Liverpool nor Arsenal nor but could pull away. So City are kind of like that runner who are in the pack, just having someone pacemaking for them at the minute. And let's see, See, are they going to come into gear or are, you know, are, is, that, is that injury? Is the need for players to play a few more games they need to going to bite them? I don't know. So, yeah, um, B minus C plus, and let's see how it goes from here.
0: Up next, number 14 was generated. That gives us Crystal Palace, Jonathan.
1: Uh-huh. It's, again, they're they're an awkward club. They gave City a good game. They're probably the only club I'd say who have outplayed Liverpool this year. They they could have beaten us, and despite um, Hodgson having his regular moan about the referees in that game, the referees got the decisions right in the end, particularly with VAR. Um, again for me, I, this yeah, you know, I, I love watching Olise when he's on, when he's on form. He's done a really nice job going down that flank. Um, but again, it, it's a Roy Hodgson team doing what you expect of a Roy Hodgson team. Um, they will be brutal. They will be tight at the back. They will make things hard for you. But they're, they're going to just kind of rough you up a bit up front and look to get goals that way. Apart from, you know, also getting a goal, at least one goal, the season contender. So I'm kind of g- going to give them a C. C. I'll, I'll go with a C, I think, because it's 14th. They're not going to get relegated. They aren't gonna get anywhere near the European places. You know what you're getting from the season. It's the same old shit year after year with Hodgson. So
0: yeah. Yeah, I I I have nothing to say about Crystal Palace. Just yeah, they're a Roy Hodgson team. straight <laughs> C. That, that that's literally all I can say. I mean, they they chose to go back to Roy Hodgson, so that that that's what they get. So then right. mid is what you're saying. Yeah, they're, they're yeah they're 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 very mid and in, in every way shape and form. So yeah, they get a C and that's it.
2: Crystal Palace are as mid table as it gets. They've shown no signs that they're training upwards anytime soon or downwards anytime soon. They're just kind of your definition of a thirteenth to fifteenth team place. So yes, a C is very apt at this juncture. Which is kind of worrying when your owner is the owner of a multiple football teams at this point, and one of them is middling, one of them is fighting for its fucking life in every literal sense in on, which is uh, Olympique Lyonnais, or Lyon, for those who are more familiar with the shorter name. Yeah. And one just happened to bottle the entirety of the Campionato later, but there's a whole video about that. <laughs> you can watch <laughs> on my channel, so...
0: I, I, he I, 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 didn't realize, I didn't realize that there was an ownership uh, triangle there so oh, oh, yeah,
2: uh-huh. he also owns uh, I think it's RWD I can't remember the exact thing but he owns a team in Belgium and then the, that whole conglomerate is like looking at I think at another team in the US as well too just it's John Texter sucks that's all I'm gonna say it's another American owner let's oh, boy in over his head and just being
0: dumb about it oh boy oh boy all right speaking of oh boy lucky me number 20 sheffield united they stink i have nothing to say about them they fired their manager they they brought back chris wilder for god only knows what reason so you know what they stink they're gonna get relegated f
1: Okay, yeah, um, I would absolutely concur with that. They they don't have a particular style. They they they're not as tough and out at home as Luton are. Again, um, you know, we we went to Bramble Lane, and I was just wondering what have they got that could save them. I was looking around; they don't have anyone you fear at front. You fancy scoring a goal against them. Their midfield works, which is kind of more than I can say for Burnley. But I, yeah, uh, and, and F is about right. I don't see how they're going to get even out of out of twentieth this year. F.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: The highlight of Sheffield United's entire season was their cameo and welcome the Wrexham season two. <laughs> F. Get him the fuck out of here. <laughs>
0: that
1: was beautiful.
0: Oh, <laughs> I actually watched that game. So yeah, I actually watch. Yeah, I watched both those games. So yeah, damn it, Rexham really had that one too.
2: Fuck. It. God, Rexham would have been such a better story in that game against Spurs more than anything. Oh, too. it absolutely, would have been great.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Up next, uh, number thirteen. Somebody who we were just talking about in in, in between. Uh, segments here, uh, for one of the other teams that uh, this person owns. We have, uh, number 13, Tony Khan's Fulham, Chris.
2: I mean, the moment that they lost Mitrovic is the moment I knew they were just going to be less than fucking stellar for the entirety of this year. Just the sole fact that your response to losing your top striker the last two to three seasons was to get Raul Jimenez. From Wolves um, says a lot about you as a director of football. Again, Tony Khan is too many jobs. You should go the fuck to sleep at some point or another and maybe let somebody who's done this whole GM director of football thing a spin on the Fulham side of the spectrum because otherwise they're just going to be mid-table to uh, worse it's either a mid-table situation where they're just in hell, lingering there, or they're a yo-yo club again. There is no in between. So um, I'm going to say it's a D for them.
0: See, I think that's rather unfair. And I'm going to say this because they 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 barely lost to Liverpool. I mean that was a that was a four three. Oh, it was a great game. That was a great game. They had two consecutive. Five-nil wins at home. Following that, inside of a week, to they beat Nottingham Forest and West Ham United. In that time, they've scalped Arsenal. During the holiday period, they're through to the um to the EFL yeah. Cup. They're, they're, I mean, through to the EFL Cup semis, and you know they also have just advanced in the FA Cup. Now I know that they're in again. They're in 13th, so they're not great. I don't think they're awful though. I don't think that they're awful. Now they're I, I losing Mitrovic is going to hurt them long term, longer term, and they really seriously need to look at the January window and see about getting a, an actual replacement for him if they could. But I think that's a little unfair. I mean, I think they've they've done a I think they've done a C plus job. Honestly, they have enough big results to where it, it it's it's I'm not going to say papering over the cracks, but I think it's shown enough to where I think that they have, uh, that they're worthy of, of, of a closer look in some respects. And it would not surprise me if they actually raised their position, depending on how their January transfer business goes.
1: I just want to know, how the fuck is Willian still playing premier league football at his age
0: come on what the hell yeah well i mean he's going on he certainly didn't play premier league football when he was at arsenal i'll tell you that much
1: (laughs) chelsea agent for chelsea reporting in
0: yeah
1: as (laughs) usual
0: (laughs) and then he goes to fulham i mean what does this man just have either he really is an agent or he just has no loyalty whatsoever
1: (laughs) no um uh, yeah I, i think again there, there's mid-tables against I think Marco Silva's doing a, a decent job I, I did think they were going to do slightly worse than this when they lost Mitrovic but he's getting goals you know say Didico Reed is doing really nicely for them up front not maybe scoring as many goals as they as he'd like to but he's he's doing a fun job on a filling in forward so yeah I, I think C yeah I'll go I'll go with Jeff I'll go C plus I think that's an absolutely fair score given where they are
0: Number sixteen, Brentford. Ooh, now who thought that they were going to be down this low? Well, John, Me. you did. <laughs> okay, go for it.
1: Yeah, because you know Ivan Tony being such a big part of that team of, of the way they play. The guy will rough you up up front, and he will he will work his ass off to let the guys behind him also bully you and make them play. So, I think with Tony being out, they are. Roughly, where I think where I'd expect they'd be, they're not. I I don't think they'll get relegated this season, but you know they're on on the verge of it. You know, was it Gents? Gents had a good season. Maupay was a Mope was a a decent pickup, I think, as well for them. Decent a decent playmaker in midfield. So yeah, I I think kind of C minus up maybe. I think for them on this season.
0: Yeah, I I. I... You know that's probably fair. I would have gone like a D for them, but it, again, they had like an extraordinary circumstance with Ivan Tony's ban. But you know, the talk is you know Arsenal and Chelsea are in for Ivan Tony. So yeah. I mean, what what what's going to happen there? That I, I I they really need to they really need to do some business in January to make up for the fact that they will not have Ivan Tony. Because one one way or another, they're not going to have Ivan Tony for very much longer. Now, that's the not whether or not that's f- through the January window or that's through the end of this season and into the into the summer window, that remains to be seen. But yeah, Thomas Frank has done the best he can without his best piece, and yeah. for the rest of the season, that may not be good enough. Because there are they are in sixteenth right now. That's not great. When they when we were looking at Brentford saying, huh, maybe they could pull Europe next season. They have not pulled Europe next. They will not pull Europe next season.
2: Yeah. um, It's interesting because I liked the Brian Bumu signing a lot by them. But again, this team has been centered around Ivan Tony as their main striker option. And, Turns out when he is banned for gambling, even though your ownership kind of made their money to buy the team off of betting and probabilities and all of that, which yeah, is just sponsored a bit of by irony a Hollywood in bets. Of itself. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> j- j- just a smidgen of irony in and of itself, right there. Uh I do think this January window is going to be the difference between relegation and staying in those mid-table spots for them and what they do with it it's hard to gauge at the moment so i'm gonna say probably somewhere between it i'm tempted to do a d as ball well, but i'll be a little more charitable and say it's a c minus because it's not the manager's fault that their best striker is missing due to you know getting himself a, ga- a bunch of games banned due to gambling and circumstances of that nature but it has not been in inspiring bit of football by those boys and they would be in a relegation spot right now if not for everton's 10 point deduction so keep that in mind
0: well i swear this is a random number generator because number four is is the next one (laughs) of course that's arsenal so (laughs) (laughs) jeff oh boy you know a week ago this would have been a much different conversation Uh, as of right now, of course, they've lost three on the trot, two in the league, one in the FA cup and before, and prior to that, a draw with, uh, you know, a a one, one draw at Anfield with Liverpool, um, you know, damn. I mean, I, this is obviously coloring my, this is going to color what I, what, what I give them. I think overall, on the balance of everything, they get an A minus. I mean, they were leading the table for a little bit there, too, lest we forget. Um, but that being said, um, yeah, they're, they've rec- their recent form, they've just fallen off a cliff. And, uh, yeah, so, some shit needs to change here. So, that, that's all I can really say about that. Um, taking everything as a whole, I'll still go with an A minus – Based on the last month or so, um, yeah, that's a C-. minus.
2: Fair. Uh, I'll go ahead and just do the grade immediately and then kind of explain my way around it. I'm going to say they're plus just in the fact that they've been doing a decent job of proving that their run last season and their participation within that top four in the title race wasn't a fluke. But it does feel that in certain areas, the squad still feels a little bit, unfinished obviously they have their wings but as a striker Gabriel Jesus I love him he's a Palmeiras graduate you know I want nothing but the best for him but I do think his skill set is more of a false nine than a really true striker and kind of what Arsenal is looking for so I do think as mentioned the Ivan Tony sweepstakes in January if they can get him I think you'll be like an essential part of that team moving forward to kind of give them the goal scoring that they'd like. But then also, you know, you have great transfer business like uh, Declan Rice paid a lot of money for him, but he has been proving that he is at least worth some weight of that money. But then you have signings like uh, David David Raya, Kai Havertz, who have been inconsistent. Throughout most of this first half, and just I've already ran it about David Raya,
0: so I'm not going to today. And let's yeah, face it, it, and let's face it, Aaron Ramsdale did not really please, yeah, improve his case today. Yeah, it's
2: it's kind of making you wonder, like these both of these guys may be not your number one option, and you need to go get that at some point or another year. But then also you spend money on Raya to begin with during this off season, and it's just. It's a wee bit of a mess there. But still, I do think just given the entire body of work through the first half, even with the sort of sharp declined last three games, it's still a B-plus uh, for them in this one.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, apart from Liverpool, this, you know, all, the, all the top clubs have kind of a lower points total than you'd be expecting, really, I reckon. Um, so... I'm not that surprised that Arsenal don't have you know last, the first half of last season from Arsenal was absolutely brilliant. You're always going to struggle to replicate that. Um, but, you know, I, I thought this season when they started with Declan Rice playing up to the last few weeks, I thought great. They, they, they're going to be there or thereabouts. They're about a better side than I thought they were, but they 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 just find them. But they again. What I think they lack compared to Liverpool or Sydney, I don't know how if they know how to deal with setbacks. If they get a setback, it seems to spiral a little. Maybe, you know, is that a, a bit of a lack of leadership there? Is it just something they haven't quite developed? They haven't quite got what they need to get out of a spiral and be a champion team again yet, but they're not far off it. It's a good side. They're not as bad as the last three weeks of the season. They're not quite as good as when they were flying early on. So yeah, I think I think a B plus, but I think that could go easily go up or down by a couple of points towards towards the rest of the season.
0: Fair, fair. Up next, number five, Tottenham Hotspur. Chris. So Spurs
2: have been, I think, one of the more pleasant surprises throughout the course of the season so far and the fact that Anj Pastacoglu, I think, has proven at this point that he is able to hang with the big boys of the Premier League no matter how many media pundits seem to still doubt him or like not know that he has had trophies outside of their cute little English bubble, etc., etc., I uh, do think the James Madison.
0: Half the time, they don't seem to realize that he won multiple trophies in Scotland.
2: Yeah, pretty much. But again, that's just English media being English media in a nutshell there. Now, I do think the James Madison injury hurt the team enough to where you saw their deep dip in form. You saw a couple of comical little moments like the extremely high line with even nine men against Chelsea, you know, memorable little fo- photo uh, moment there <laughs> as a whole. But I think in general, just Spurs have been entertaining to watch this year, which is not something you could say about them for the last God, how many fucking years has it been at this
1: point since we've had an <laughs> actual entertaining and interesting Spurs? Well, team? I, well they've been killing what, at least a hundred years, haven't they? In the top? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: they got rid of the biggest joke artist in all football currently. So, I mean, that's they've got that upward trend and going for mm. them altogether. So, <laughs> I'm going to say they are a B-plus uh, so far into this season here. I think Orange is building something special there as a whole. And once he has kind of the final product of what he's looking for, this league should be really careful. Because I do think they will win a trophy under Orange Pasta at some point or another. It I, may take a couple of years. It may take a lot of patience from Daniel Levy, which maybe he doesn't have, but I do think Big just is the guy that could deliver them a title. Yeah, the, 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 the one person... Yeah, i liking the, it.
0: Like a title title, or...?
2: I mean, just in general, like a trophy of any sort. Okay, like Silverware, but whole. not a yeah, exactly, Premier League title. Right, yes, I should. I, I apologize. It should have been more specific. Silverware, in general, I think, is something that he will bring I to think that's absolutely- The Premier League... Is a stretch right now. I, I think that's an ways.
0: absolute fair assessment because again, Ange Postacoglu has a winning tradition as a manager. Even mm-hmm. if it's not in the traditional leagues that everybody wants to look at, he's won in Australia. He's won in Japan. He won with Japan. Oh no, I'm sorry. He was with Australia. My bad.
2: Yes. And
0: mm-hmm. it was. And he won. You know, a scad. I mean, he 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 bulked up S- Celtics trophy cabinet in the two seasons he was at Paradise. So that's is the only reason why I do not despise Ange Pasikoglu. and In fact, I still feel like Daniel Levy is going to Daniel Levy him at some point. But, um, you know, the fact of the matter is, uh, it, one of the best reasons why this could have been working is because of the fact that Ange pasakoglu did not have to have the question of will Harry Kane stay or will he go hang over him, it was basically resolved right when he came in. So from there, he was, a, and plus, Ange has his experience with Asian players. See also, Hyungmin Song. And uh, yeah, once you get that, you have a rapport almost instantly there. Spurs were operating at a very high level. And, yes, I know John's going to say something about the Spurs' result over Liverpool, Uh, but – You give him credit for (laughs) going. But, you know, the – I mean, the fact of the matter is is that they – I mean, they were top of the table at one point, lest we forget. Mm
2: -hmm. And a quick note as well, too, just to add your point as well, too, Jeff. Hungman's son looks miles better than what he did last season. His Charleston has six goals.
0: Yeah. Six. Yeah, he's getting six put miles out miles of Richarlison, did. and they were yeah. all on side, and they didn't get chalked off, and he didn't get yellowed for stupid reasons because <laughs> of them. So, I mean, right there, that tells you what kind of a, of a, of a manager that Ange Pasakoglu is. I, I, I'm so very bummed he went to Tottenham Hotspur, I can't blame him either. So I mean, when when we all knew that oh yeah, some Premier League team is going to come calling for him based on his work as Celtic, we we thought it was going to be some of the likes of oh I don't know, Burnley or you know Sheffield United or something like that, you know some lower some I'm lower hard. to mid table club. We, I we did not see Spurs being the choice. It broke my heart as a as a, both an Arsenal and Celtic fan, but I I, I get it. And here we are now. So yeah, definitely a very, very high B for Tottenham Hotspur for me.
1: Can't this disc- I, I would I'd go as far as a B plus. I you know, I was expecting them to be better with Arch. I wasn't expecting them to be particularly looking at the Champions League, which is the point, you know, where St. Totteringham's Day is a date this season. And I think as well, you guys might not have seen it. They've agreed a loan deal for the rest of the season for Timo Werner.
0: Oh, I did see that, yes. Yeah.
1: And I think there's a deal to maybe buy at the end of the season for 10, 15 million. If he goes, that could be a steal. They are not standing around. They're looking to build on what they've got. Again, um, it's interesting that Spurs' best periods in the last you know, decade have been fired by selling their best player or who we thought was their best player. And they've just become. Right, because a, of the Gareth, yeah,
0: because Gareth Bale going over to Real Madrid.
1: Yeah, they spent that money well. Harry Kane, they look to have spent the money well. Um, Desti Adogi's the one of, one of the signings of the season, which well, I wasn't yeah. Sure.
0: Well, yeah, if he could stay on the pitch, yes. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and again, Son is proving what, what I've said to you. He is the best player that Spurs had, and he's proving it without Harry Kane. He was there, you know, he was second field to Harry Kane, and the guy just steps up, doesn't miss a beat. He is again fantastic to watch, a work rate to sweat for. I would have loved this guy at Liverpool and I've said it for years. So yeah, entertaining side, much better than you thought they were gonna be, could be Champions League football for them at the end of the season, in which case this grade will go higher and that's a B plus.
0: Up next, number nine. Who saw this one coming? Newcastle United. Jonathan.
1: You have to say, with Newcastle, the first point is they have been, they have a fairly thin squad. They were ahead of where they're expecting in the Champions League. They don't have any more European football, so no spoilers there. They, Eddie Howe, though, is running the players they have into the ground because. You cannot do that in the Premier League and keep winning, particularly not at this time of year. So their league form has dropped off like a stone. So maybe it's kind of corrective from last year. You know, last year they were, you know, up above where they are now. Maybe they've corrected. You know, Liverpool are on better form this year, so they've gone past them. They're they're pretty much lucky that you know <laughs> the stories have been Man United and Chelsea, because otherwise there'd be a lot more gossip around there. Again, they're, they're probably better side, but you know the seed, so far the seems to be summed up. You look at what Kieran Trippier was like over Christmas. The guy is still a quality defender, but he's over thirty. He was out on his feet, and Newcastle looked like each time they thing out, they have been forced to down three pints of brown ale before they get on the pitch. <laughs> so yeah, and. You know, I'm not a big fan of Eddie Howe because he's kind of gone to study Simeone and taken all the wrong lessons off him. So I'm kind of go. I I kind of go for a C minus on this, even allowing for injuries. I think they could do better. I don't think Eddie Howe will be there at the start of next season. I,
0: I I yeah. I severely doubt Eddie Howe is going to be their manager next season as well. Going at this rate, yeah, this is a drop off for them. They 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 were there were high expectations for them and. They have not met them, um, you know. They got they got away with they got away with one against Arsenal, you know. They, frankly, that there was some mass fuckery there. Uh, they they've turned into a group of shit which you know. At one point, John, you remember there was a period when we could confidently say Newcastle could have been our second team, you know. Yeah. Yeah, especially in in the in the Brian Robson uh, or you know, sorry Bobby Robson, uh, Bobby Robson, Alan Shearer days. Yeah, you know? twenty eight. Yeah, and you know, and then you know they went through the, uh, you know they they went through their horrible ownership period, and now they have really horrible. Ashley, ownership. Yeah. yeah, Mike Ashley was just a bad, like a, an awful owner. Their current owner is, of course, much worse, but they don't see it that way on the footballing level. The, 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 the Geordie fans don't, but you know, all this being said, yeah, they, they have been, they have not been where they were hyped up to be. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they should, uh, yeah, they, they really need to do something in the second half of the season. At this point, they're not even making Europe bar, you know, winning, you know, bar winning. Oh, yeah. Well, they're out. So yeah, they won't be winning that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, at this point they will not have European football this season. So yeah, uh C minus for me.
2: C minus is a good call, I think, all around for that just because of all the expectation that they came in with to grow from strength to strength from what they did last year around and then just kind of laying a goose egg over the last 2 months, especially. Now I understand there's definitely like injury troubles and everything of that nature. And I mean I I'll give certain players their due. Like Alexander Izak does look like their future like their current and future striker altogether and should be there for a long time. I do think he's really, really good. Problem is again, I don't think Getty Howell's the right person for the job moving forward, and it's starting to show more and more as the season goes on. But yeah, they've got a bit of work to do if they want to rescue. Any semblance of European football at this juncture. Just a lot of games that they've had close losses on, but those losses are not getting them any points. Uh, Two or three of those games were draws instead. You'd be looking at a team that's closer to sixth and seventh instead of, you know, ninth or tenth. So there's definitely that factor to consider for their team. But yeah, a C is as good of a grade as any for them right now.
0: So, uh, this is where we pull the peel the curtain a little back a little bit, and uh this is where I realized that i uh through a mishap uh did not unpause the recording uh when we because <laughs> we're doing this on Zoom, and we refuse to pay for Zoom, so we had to keep going back be- between zoom sessions and uh yeah, so I screwed this up, so uh we left off at Newcastle. Um, let's real quick, uh, and I do mean very quick, um, go through, uh, the rest of the teams. Uh, number 12 was Bournemouth. I gave them a, uh, I gave them a C because I thought they were just kind of there. Although Chris pointed out that it was a, uh, Chris pointed out in our previous discussion that you'll never get to hear that. Um, yeah, ever since November, Bournemouth has been on the upswing. So Chris, I, but Chris, I don't remember what your grade was.
2: It was a B plus.
0: Okay, John.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd say Dominic Solanke, absolute revelation this season. Plus that winner Old Trafford, possibly the most memorable of their entire existence in the league. Uh, yeah, C plus from me.
0: Okay. Uh, we then had number eighteen, which is Luton Town. I gave Luton Town an A because I thought that, given their circumstance, several of their circumstances this season, including. You know, not having home games to start the season because of forced redevelopment by the Premier League, and the uh, the tragedy that happened with um with uh, Thomas Lockyer having a second cardiac incident on the pitch in inside of a calendar year, Um, but also giving you know getting results against the likes of uh, Liverpool at home and nearly taking points off of Arsenal and uh, and Chelsea and and Man City. I thought that they they were deserving of a uh, of a bigger grade, so I gave them an A. Uh, Chris, I believe, gave them.
2: I think initially I went with a C minus, but thinking about it specifically now that we have the powers of hindsight to a certain extent, given how tough they've played certain teams at home and the fact that they've shown fight against the bigger teams on top of it, I'll go up to
1: regular C in that situation. Keep okay. them right in the middle. So.
0: And John, you you had given you too had given them a C, correct?
1: Yep, absolutely correct. They say it's been half in the season, but they've had that fight in them that scrap.
0: Yeah. The, See that and that's people. why I gave them I ranked them higher because they were punching way yeah. above their weight. Mm-hmm. Way above that's their good. weight. Yep. And, yeah. And and they had external circumstances that no other Premier League team had to deal with. Yep. So I, I I give them that. Uh fifteen was Nottingham Forest. Um I gave them a C for their current situation. I also think that they should not have fired Steve Cooper because he had the support of the fans. And also uh, Morgan Gibbs, white is an underrated player.
2: D on my end, even Gallo's Marinakis is a war criminal as a whole. And uh, also my boys from Palmeiras and Danilo and Gustavo Scarpa had been, well, Danilo has found a starting spot at the very least. So that's been nice to see, but Gustavo Scarpa is going back to Brazil, like first thing in January, which just shows they've wasted him. Entirely well,
1: there. So though. that's unfortunate. But yeah. Yep. Um as I say, Anthony Alanga again has been really good for them. They're making nice signings on veteran Premier League players. They are at the moment like five I think five points clear of that relegation zone, so they're not in trouble yet. They've got that nice little clear gap between them. Could change. But uh, yeah, it it it's a it's a straight C. Again, I'd agree with Jeff on the managerial decision, but yeah, Nuno Espirito Santo probably going to keep him up. He'll be steady enough.
0: Yeah, I mean Nuno Espirito Santo is a decent manager, but it's a hire that never should have happened. Yep. So, uh, and then uh, when we noticed that the recording was screwed up, we were in the middle of number eight, um, which is Manchester United. Which I'm going to uh, sum up my uh, my reaction. I think this at, is a
1: recreation
0: here, Jack. A recreation uh, from the top. From the top. <clears throat> <laughs> 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 ah! <laughs> they suck. <laughs> they are awful. Yeah, they, they 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 get they get a D minus from me, <laughs> and they crash out of the Champions League too. So you know what? They suck.
1: Yeah, I I would not disagree with that at all. Um, as I said, I thought Erik Ten Hag made a lot of good moves that first season. Moving Raul, one trying to shift them all trying to build a team out of the you know the box of conflicts that is the various managers. But yeah, they are they are awful. They're inconsistent, and you, you know since they got worked seven at Anfield, you don't know what you're going to get from them. To the point they lose three 0 to Bournemouth and come to to Liverpool like a lower league team. So I I was quite happy to give them an F by their own expectations and by where they expected it to be last season.
2: Yeah, so. Grade-wise, D-minus for sure. A promising first season from Ten Hag that's gone into complete hell on earth. Even their highs this season have been like modest at best compared to the lows that they've reached in certain aspects. Obviously, crashing out of the Champions League in the fashion that they did as a whole. Uh, personally, them ruining Rosmus Hoyland for the next 10 years by buying him two years too soon Ooh, is yeah. not something I'll forgive at any juncture soon. Um, investing in fidget spinner 2K24 Anthony, even after domestic uh battery, you know, assault charges that he's had, is not a good look by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the less said about Mason Greenwood, the better fuck him and his entire existence as a whole Uh, and even with all their defensive injuries kind of causing them to have issues on front, where they're featuring guys like Kerry McGuire and Johnny Evans over there it still just doesn't address the fact that they're terrible this year many United fans should not expect any better for the next couple of years much like the Denver Broncos of the NFL the (laughs) ride never stops
0: (laughs) Okay, uh, we just got our, another Zoom flash here. So we got... We, got all right, two so we, we, we have two teams team. left. Number 10, Chelsea. Chris, do you want to start real quick?
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Disappointment. Damn it, that C-. was mine. <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> Look, Pochettino is not a bad hire by any stretch. They have a lot of young talent there that still needs time to kind of get their acts together. And I do think in two to three years... This could be a really great team, but I do think Todd Bowley is going to get in his own way of fucking that up some way, shape, or form. And uh, Chelsea fans should just not expect this to be a good team this year or even next year. So let's go with a C-. minus.
0: John.
1: Who's coming kind to of, the... Um... Yeah, it's a trouble is, again, it's a problem with Wenger's late sides. You get young teams in, they haven't got the experience to get through rough patches. So it's going to be an up and down ride. And with Chelsea, it's been way more down. I know they had Nkunku out at the start of the season. And he's looked quite decent when he's come in. Um, But, yeah, I can't pretend that I'm unhappy to see Chelsea having spent so much money and having voted to close up that loophole that they exploited in mid-season, very bloody cynically when there isn't any kind of retrospective action on it, I cannot help but go, isn't it a time Chelsea went bankrupt? Because this will be the third time you've dodged it in my lifetime. You bunch of chances. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a a D because the strategy of them is just appalling.
0: Um. I'm, I'm going to sum up my, uh, my, my grade is this. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Todd Bullock can suck it. Yeah. D minus the, the, this team is trash as well. All right. Last one. Number two, Aston Villa. Um, I'm going to give them an A plus because nobody saw this coming absolutely nobody saw this coming now are they going to be able to maintain this through their through the rest of uh the season I don't know yeah exactly shrug who knows right now they're playing some really 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 fucking good football and uh yeah that's all that's all we need to say really yeah they they get an a plus from me
1: Oh, my dad and his family are very happy people at the minute because they have been a long time waiting for a side this good. I think the, the point they used was Ron into the team of the year days of the Premier League, who were by that standard a very good football team. So, you know, 30 years. They've Ollie Watkins is, frankly, up there player of the season. John McGinn is making things tick in midfield. Douglas Louise again, one of the f- most fun players to watch out there. Villa Park, a horrendous place to go. You know, they beat Arsenal and City back-to-back within four days. That is a remarkable achievement. You cannot give them anything, I think, but an A-plus for what they've achieved this first half of the year. And even if, you know, they fell out the Champions League spot, they're still worth an A because I didn't see them getting that European football spot this year. So, yeah, mm-hmm. A-plus from me quite easily. Uh, Yeah, I'm in
2: the same boat as you two with the A-plus grade. Uh, Before getting into players, the manager and everything else, the one thing that I can say about Aston Villa and the style of football that they play, that's probably the best compliment I think I could possibly give. They make it feel as if Birmingham isn't a complete shithole. Woo! Boy. Look, everything that I hear about Birmingham are not raving reviews as a city by any stretch of the imagination. So to have that gorgeous of a football team playing the way that they are right now is a good thing. So now onto the more serious kind of stuff here as a whole. Paul Torres is an underrated signing. Unai Emery has these boys playing just in a way that is exciting to watch, that's smart, that kind of fits all the boxes and what you would like to see a team that isn't one of these big six clubs uh, do. And honestly, a quick shout out to Jack Grealish because that 100 mil that Aston Villa got for him is what's funding all of this right here. It, th- there, is, there is none of this happening without that sale happening there in the first place. So it's one of those, you know, crazy money-dealing sales that actually worked out for uh, the best. And while I dislike Emiliano Martinez's existence anytime that he puts on an Argentina kit, I cannot deny the fact that he's probably the best keeper in the league right now. So uh, there is that A-plus for them so far. No notes. If they retain a top, any sort of first for six finish for them is uh, shooting upwards from where... Uh, any of us expected him to and I am fully expecting them to be honest to win the uh, Europa Conference League at this rate too Unai Emery is just an Europa League merchant and he's got another one of those to conquer now so you know, go forth.
0: and that wraps up our uh, our midterm grades probably the longest episode of this show we've ever done so at this turns out adding a third person adds more time to a show it turns I, I out I tell you
1: what. Yes, beard was completely dark by the time we started this.
0: <laughs> well, if you have any thoughts about any of our grades or want to dispute anything we've said, you can hit us up on Twitter at Pod or email us BustingBallsPod at gmail.com you have been listening us through our native SoundCloud feed SoundCloud.com slash Busting Dash Balls or the PWOM podcast network SoundCloud.com slash Pro Wrestling Only and you can still search us on Spotify search Busting Balls Podcast Uh, John, Chris any last words?
1: Yeah I think we've been going so long that the season's about to finish
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well I guess we better get ready for our uh for the for the for the full-term grades then shouldn't we <laughs> <laughs> next uh, next episode <laughs> <laughs> chris anything else
2: yeah let's get out of here at this point before we botch the recording uh sound again so oh,
0: no <laughs> god please oh boy technical yeah technology is great when it works okay in that case it's uh we'll, we should be back here in a couple of weeks so until then it's uh good night from me and it's good night from them we'll see you in a few weeks